Hey, Tony, I like video games. Well, hello there, Jake, I like video games too. Well, this is a brand new episode of Hey, I Like That Game. Ba, 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 ba. Hey, I like the heck game. It's a podcast. Hey! That was great! Very thematic, very well delivered. Nice jingle. A plus jingle there. That's gonna make the compilation of top hair like that game jingles. <laughs> at, at least we got one A plus thing out of this episode. <laughs> that like was the gonna... first one that, with a passing grade, I think. <laughs> Hey, the Merlewind one was also very good. <laughs> that was a really good one with some fun editing in there. That was definitely probably the, the one to beat. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Jake? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, just staying inside all the time because that's kind of what we have to do now. <laughs> yeah, yeah how about How about you, Tony? How are you doing? Dude, I'm doing really good, and uh, I've actually been playing a lot of good video games lately. It's, Ooh. You know, it, it's, it's funny, you know... Uh, the best part about quarantine so far is that I get to like kind of dip my hands really deep into our, you know, shared passion of video games. And there's a lot of good stuff going on right now. Um, and also speaking of good stuff, Hey, like that game is streaming. We're all over Twitch now. Uh, everybody should, everybody listening to this should definitely go to the, Hey, I like that game Twitch page, drop us a follow, maybe even subscribe, maybe give us some bits. That would all be great. Um, we're trying to get to 100 followers so we can do uh, a 24-hour marathon, uh, all for charity. Uh, most likely, the United Way is going to be the, the benefactor, but we're not 100% on that yet. But, um, but yeah, just wanted to get that plug out right at the top of the show. Get yeah, over it, you've been like really diving into that, and uh, I've been able to join you on some of the streams. It's, it's a real fun time. I have a great time playing games with you on stream. Yeah, it is a lot of fun, and, like, setting up the, the actual stream itself, like, the production of it is is a lot of fun for me. And, like, I spent uh, an ungodly amount of time kind of putting together, like, our alerts and stuff, so... <laughs> you just you uh, just love all that junk. You love all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Because, like, it's a perfect vehicle for all these, like, dumbass jokes I have. Like, I cannot wait... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have I, I don't know if I have a clip of it yet on on the on the channel but when somebody cheers us bits it's the best notification it's the best notification if uh for for our listeners if you have listened to the episode on Gomon's Great Adventure I knew may, it you may have an inkling as to where that uh, I knew is it go. and it's so good it's so fucking funny the first time it happened on stream I laughed so hard <laughs> It's so good. Um, but anyway, speaking of good, uh, let's talk about some good video games. Uh, Absolutely. First off, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I finished it. Um, this I finished it a couple weeks ago now. Uh, it's still, like, in my mind. Like, it... Um, wow. That game is very good. Uh, I really, really liked it. Liked it enough that we're going to do a bonus episode on um, Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake. So uh, that will be coming out in the next week or two after this episode but um but yeah it that game is really really great i don't want to say too much about it to uh to eat up uh content from our other podcast but if you're at all interested in that game and you're on the fence about it like just go buy it like that's the type of game that i think um you don't even wait to till it gets discounted like buy that game at full price i think Square Enix needs to know that if you make content that is as good as that, um, they need to be supported. Like, you know, money talks, right? So, 
um, if they're ever going to finish the the saga of Final Fantasy VII in in the manner that um, the remake was done, um, they need to. They, this needs to be a, a huge financial success for them. So um, go buy that game. It's really fucking great. It's really really good. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I gotta say about that. Um, oh, I'm sure we'll have plenty more to say about that because I just finished Final Fantasy VII remake over over this last weekend. Yeah, yeah. It, so yeah, be on the lookout for that uh, episode. But um, I got two other things to talk about. I'm just gonna mention again for the King. Been playing that game a lot. It's like the best quarantine game. I've gotten almost all of my friends on the fourth king train playing that game we've been doing it on stream we got our first clear of the original for the king mode on stream as well with uh with our buddy her monster um that was really fun that was a super fun time um it's hard like it's hard even on its easiest mode it's really difficult um which i enjoy i i like I like that about For the King, um, but super stoked that we were able to beat it, um, and we'll be streaming that every two or every Thursday um, with her monster, uh, doing a little co-streaming action. Uh, definitely check that game out. You can get it for really cheap. For the King, um, it's it's a beautiful game. It's an absolutely beautiful game. Um, but the 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 new thing I want to bring to the table that I haven't talked about at all, um, I picked up the game Hades uh, a week or so ago. Uh, Hades is the latest game from Supergiant Games, the um, the uh, developer... Bastion behind- and Transistor, right? Bastion, Transistor, Pyre. Yeah. Um, they, they are a studio that they can't seem to miss. I have liked every single one of their games, um, and this one is... Might be... It might not be my favorite, favorite but i've only been playing it for maybe like 10 hours or so at this point but it's it's really really good so uh hades is a roguelike dungeon crawler where you play as the son of hades zagoras uh and you know it has all that awesome production value that, that you come to expect from super giant games so the art is incredible the voice acting is really good the writing is very very good and you would think in a in a roguelike game where it's kind of designed for you to die and replay it over and over again, um, there wouldn't be much of a story there. Um, but there is. There's a lot of writing to this game. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot of interaction between your character and this big cast of uh, Olympian gods and um, kind of all the other underlings that are uh, around them. It's all of that production stuff is really, really top notch. And the combat is no slouch either. It feels a lot more like Bastion than it would a transistor or a pyre. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it would feel familiar to those who have played um, Bastion, but it's kind of like a uh, over the top uh, combat arena style uh, game. And then, um, you know, you progress through each room, which is just like a, a different combat arena that's kind of randomly generated. Um, as you progress through each room, you get to choose kind of the, um, the boon or the, the, the power up that you're going to get in the next room. So like, it'll usually give you a door or two to choose from and like, it'll have like a little uh, symbol there. So it's like, okay, I know that is a blessing of Zeus versus a store. I want that blessing from Zeus more than I need to hit the store right now. So you'll choose that room and they usually will give you like some sort of indication of like how the difficulty level of the, of the room that you're going to. Um, 
It does the normal roguelike thing where it has like persistent currencies um, between runs versus ones that only stay with you within that current run. Um, so a lot of familiar mechanics there. Um, there you get like a special attack, a basic attack, and then like this really interesting like spell casting thing where you have this gem that it, it always starts as kind of a basic homing attack, but you can get boons and like power ups to that move to kind of change mm. its dynamic. And okay. the way that it, the way that it, like it reloads is uh, you hit an enemy with that um, that special attack, that like magic attack, and mm-hmm. if it hits an enemy that's too strong that you can't like kill it with um they will hold it so you have to like hit them enough times for them to drop this crystal and then you can cast it again once you pick it up so like you do this like fun dance between like oh i could use that move on weak enemies to kill them and quickly pick up the gem again and then you know sprinkle in your basic attacks and your special attacks to kind of switch between all this different stuff um every run feels very different from one another it has this really um this interesting balance between like juggling your basic attacks, your special attacks and these magic attacks. Um, it's, it's a very elegantly put together combat system that feels very different. Every time you play it, uh, there's also several different weapons that you can start the run with. So you could start with a sword or a bow and arrow or like a, uh, like a shield, um, I still haven't unlocked all the different uh, weapons in the game, but it looks like there's like six or seven different ones. Um, and then there's countless items you can get that will augment your character, like give it more health at the start of a run, or uh, it will give you, uh, if you get this specific boon from a, a particular god, it'll be a higher rarity tier or something like that. So it'll like kind of guide your your progress a little bit more. Um it's it's really fun. It's really fun. The pace of it is really great. Um, I'm I'm loving the the story, the lore, and a lot of the local color that they build into the underworld that is um, that you're kind of fighting your way out of. Uh, it's it's great. I mean, honestly, these guys never miss the mark with their games. Uh, I'm so glad that I was able to kind of jump into this game, uh, and I'm glad that it's a um, it's built in such a way, you know, it being a roguelike that this game can stay with me for a really long time. Like trans mm-hmm. transistor was a, is a great game that is a, a fun thing in an isolated, um, you know, single playthrough. At least that's the way I experienced it. Right. Yeah. Um, same. So and then it's over. Yeah. And then it's over. And, they, and I know that there's a lot of challenges. There's more unlocks in that game, but it doesn't beg you to replay it. Whereas this game, just the, the nature of it being a roguelike is it, it wants you to replay it. It wants you to keep, uh, keep doing another run after another run. And, I, and I'm really glad for that. It's actually still in early access. So they're still adding new content to the game, but like, okay. I think I spent 15 or $20 on it and it feels like a full fledged game. Like there's so much yeah. meat on the bones right now. And, and to know that, there are more updates coming. I don't know when this is going to hit the official 1.0 release, but I'm definitely getting my money's worth out of it. Um, This is another game that's like, hey, support good quality development because not everybody's making good quality games. Um, There's a lot of great video games out there right now, but when, when a company makes a great video game, you should support them. Um, And Supergiant has done it, you know, four to three times over now. Um, that you should support these guys. Uh, definitely, if you like roguelikes, Hades is one you can't miss. 
Uh, oh yes, I I do love roguelikes, and I am also always constantly like two years behind on what the cool roguelike is. So this might be a good good opportunity for me to like pick it pick up a new roguelike at at launch or around launch. Yeah, I think dude. I started playing Slay the Spire like two and a half or so years after its release, and like played that game a bunch. I've been playing like a little bit of FTL during this <laughs> this quarantine too, but that's like a like a five year old game now, so uh, may might be worth me being on the the cutting edge of roguelikes. <laughs> definitely, most definitely, man. Um, I, I'm gonna be playing a little bit of it on stream, so Ooh, if you very cool, if you wanna like check it out when I'm doing that, that would be um, that would be cool. Um, Absolutely. But, but Jake, what what have you been playing? So I also finished up Final Fantasy VII Remake. That is uh, not a game to be taken lightly. A solid, I think my final clear time was around like 38 hours. So it is a, it is a full, full-ass JRPG game. So that took a, took a lot of time for me. I've been diving into a lot of uh, sort of like comfortable time sync games just because, you know, we got plenty of time. I've been playing a lot of Civ Six. Some Outer Worlds, some XCOM 2. Mm-hmm. I've really been having a lot of fun with those. Um, two that I've been playing recently that I've been putting a good amount of time into. One is uh, the new Modern Warfare game from Call of Duty. I've always been um, not like a huge Call of Duty like bro, but I've always enjoyed those games a lot. And uh, I really like the multiplayer. Right. So I was playing some of the um, Warzone, which is their Battle Royale. I was playing that with one of my friends. And... You know, it's it's a fun battle royale. It's got that Call of Duty kind of flavor to it, which is um, unlike a lot of the other Call of or all, a lot unlike a lot of the other battle royales. But it's still like I'm not super into that kind of game mode. So when I whenever I was playing that, I was always thinking like I wish I could play like it's like a normal ass death match right now. That sounds so much more fun. So I buckled, bought the full game. Uh, so I've been playing that online a little bit here and there, and I also. I'm one of the weirdos who likes the the single player too. Um and I like doing I like doing highest difficulty clears of the Call of Duty games. God, you're a monster. Um so like earlier today I just finished up the the realism difficulty campaign for Modern Warfare. Not not too difficult actually. I remember it being a lot harder back in the day with the uh, Call of Duty 4 and Modern Warfare 2. Maybe I'm just like a lot better at video games right now. That's probably what's going on. Um <laughs> But I had I had a very good time with it and I'll still be playing that online and I think a little bit here and there. And humble the too. The other What was that? And humble too. <laughs> and humble. The best. Yes, the most humble. Look at my positive kill death ratio. Just barely. I'm like 1.01 right now. It's better than I would be. Um, another game I've been playing uh, online a little bit with a buddy of ours, Nessie, from our Morrowind episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this this little game we like. It's uh, it's sort of like a junk food game. The only video game I would say that tr- passes into the realm of so bad it's good. You might have heard of it before, Tony. It's uh, called Resident Evil Six. Why do you keep playing this game? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Why? <laughs> so, <laughs> way like way back at the release of Resident Evil Six, Nessie Nessie bought it and tried playing it single player and like couldn't because that game is unplayable single player. Um, so he and I would just like hang out, just play a bunch of it co op. It's so dumb. Basically, like, do like a 
riff track sort of commentary over it. Um, and, you know, quarantine, connecting with people again. So we got the, the, the PS4 version of it. We've been playing playing that online co-op together. We are in the last of the three co-op campaigns, the Jake and Sherry. So we got three Jakes and one Sherry <laughs> in this campaign. Um, it is a very, it is a very bad game. I, I am, I want that to be very clear. It is, it has bad pacing, bad balancing, hilariously terrible, like, characters and scripts. Um, the controls and the gameplay are difficult in a way that's almost like a perversion of the old Resident Evil games. Because, like, the old Resident Evil games are hard to control, and that's, like, part of the horror element. This game's just hard to control because it's a poorly made video game. Um, I don't really have any worries with it being not survival horror because it is very much like an action game that occasionally has a zombie or two. Like, whatever. It's still, like, a wild, bombastic thrill ride um plus just for shits and giggles i checked out the speed runs of of it it is wide open right now nessie and i could record literally any time whatsoever on the last campaign and we would be number four in the world <laughs> wow okay you guys you guys gotta do it you gotta I think do we it. have to i think you gotta there's only three other groups of people who are willing to tolerate this game um oh my i wouldn't recommend it it is unplayable single player unless you already have a friend who like owns it or like for some reason you also own it and you're just like bored and desperate you know go nuts don't take it seriously it's a very bad game but i love playing with nessie so much oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i know you and i have tried to play it before tony yeah i can't i I don't have a penchant for bad video games like you do like i like playing good games (laughs) You know, cl- <laughs> clearly, you like bad video games because the title episode, uh, Star Fox Adventures, uh, not not to uh, get too far ahead of ourselves, not a great video game, and you just <laughs> you just love them. You just love these type of games. Well, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see if and how much I do love it when we do end up talking about this episode's game, Star Fox Adventures, which we'll dive into after this little break here. Coming right back after the break. This is like a terrible break transition. We should just edit all of this out. Hey everybody, Jake here. Hope you're enjoying this episode of Hey I Like That Game. If you have a question or a recommendation for Tony and I, you can reach us on our email address, which is heyilikethatgame at gmail.com. You can tweet me at like that game or you can find our facebook page which is the hey i like that game podcast anyway enjoy the rest of the show bye and we're back star fox adventures is what we're playing for today's episode god damn jake why'd you make me play this game wow really i did not anticipate that strong of a reaction (laughs) um i honestly am amazed with how much i forgot about this video game playing through it so um i'm sure a lot of you are familiar with the star fox series the um space pilot battle game um i would say the most famous and probably best game in the series being star fox 64 Mm -hmm. which is uh basically like a 
short on rails pilot game which i absolutely adore definitely one of my top 10 games fantastic um but Star Fox Adventures is a bit of a departure from that gameplay style. So this came out September 23rd, day after my birthday, 2002, for the Nintendo GameCube. It is a third-person action-adventure game that most closely resembles a Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. So Star Fox spends a good deal of it out of his R-Wing on a dinosaur planet, which is where this game takes place. Um, and instead of shooting, shooting down enemy ships, he has a magic staff that he just finds that he uses to bop lizard guys, Tony. Um, oh my God. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what you're thinking right now. Okay. So it, you're right that the closest, um, the closest thing you could point to and say like inspiration game wise is like a Zelda, but like, that's really where the comparison ends. Like, the game tries to set up a, a a style where like you're kind of unlocking powers that you will help you progress later on in the game to open up new areas, but like so much of it is underwhelming. You know, like one of the things that I want to like start talking about is like the combat of this game. Like one of the as you mentioned, oh, you, you get this magical staff that you fight guys with that you can like shoot lasers kind of from, and, and that's like kind of where all your powers come from. Kind of like in Legend of Zelda, you have your Master Sword and your shield, and you have various other items that you can use to open up different parts of the, the game or use them in combat. But uh, combat in this game is it's just, it's just really bad. It's, it's really, really bad. There's no... Um, there's no complexity to it. Like in yes, absolutely. In, in a Legend of Zelda game, part of the fun, at least when you get to the 3D Zelda games, you know, you're, you're talking about if you're talking about um, Link to the Past or, or the older ones, you know, pre Super Nintendo or pre N64 rather. Um, you know, maybe combat isn't a, a giant part of it, but like one of the really fun things that I liked about you know uh, Ocarina of Time and uh, Wind Waker specifically is like the sword play feels really good. You know, you you have to lock onto an enemy and you got to dance with them a little bit. You know, you can't just go in there and whack them with a stick and then they're dead. Um, but this game, <laughs> but this game is is just that. Is you, that it's whack them with a stick and then they're dead. <laughs> th- that's it. Like there's no like you can do backflips and you can block you never need to use those things. Every once in a while, you have to use one of your um, one of your abilities that you that you gain throughout the game uh, to to kill a specific enemy. But like those happen very few few and far between. Um, it's it's just really lazy. It's super duper lazy. And in a in a game that's action adventure, when the action part is as bad as it is in this game, it makes it very frustrating to keep moving forward you know like it's just it's just not good at all and and no and the fact that um one of the big things that ocarina brought to the um brought to the table was z targeting right the fact that now you're in a 3d space so you need to be able to lock onto a target so you can aim and you can fight them because it's we're not talking with a 2d plane anymore where you can just kind of point and hit somebody you're working with that z access now so you need to be able to to hone in on your target um this game says 
fuck all that. We're just going to target for you. And it's awful. It's really, really bad. And it's even worse because there are flying enemies in this game that just kind of come out of nowhere. They'll just like they'll just come in from behind you and you'll hear just the weirdest sound effect. <laughs> it's it's out of it's so bizarre. And and it's like because of how these enemies attack you and that you can't like easily turn around and lock onto them and, and kill them before they hit you, they're going to hit you. It's it's it's, yeah. it's it's a fact. It's a fact of life within this. You game, either need you know? to take a hit or like stop and use your shielding ability. Which I didn't realize this until like the very end of the game. If you're not in combat and you hold down the uh, right trigger, it just makes like a dome of impenetrable light around you. Right, that they never tell you. Um, that they use. never tell you. I did not realize this until I accidentally pressed the right trigger. Like. 30 minutes before the end of the game i'm like oh right that's the thing you can do yeah it's um but yeah like flying enemies you're just guaranteed to take like a half heart in quotation marks of damage because that's like basically how they measure the health yeah um yeah the combat in this game is very not fun yeah um it 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 actively it actively uh made me not want to participate in it so a lot of times i would just run by enemies when i could you know they Oh yeah, there's like no there's no, only when absolutely mandated do you need to actually use the combat. Yeah. Yeah, which like which kind of like takes me to um something that I really think is bad about the gameplay of this uh is the pathing of this game, like the way you're supposed to go from point A to point B and just like the the flow of events in this game are absolute dog shit. You know, like, so much of this game is gated by, like, hey, you enter a room. You have to kill X amount of enemies to open this door. You know, that's a fine mechanic when used sparingly. Mm -hmm. This game uses it all of the time. All of the time. Um, And then, when it's not doing that, it'll gate progress by money. It'll say, you have to go buy this item, or you have to give this NPC this amount of money to progress further and it's like the only way to really get money in this game is to find these little fucking things that you can like turn over rocks the scarabs yeah turn over rocks to pick up these scarabs and it's like thank god i never got hung up on any of those any of those parts of the game where like i need to go like collect a bunch of money just to to progress Mm -hmm. further like i always happen to have enough on me which i don't know if that's a design choice or if i was just playing the game in a way where I was collecting enough money most of the time. But, like, that's a terrible way to gate progress. It's a terrible way to gate. Well, it gates your progress through wallet size. So there are just, like, random quests or things you encounter where a person then rewards you with a bigger wallet, which means you can now afford the mandatory cost. Yeah. Um, This game is so video game in some points like a lot of times in in games there'll be like a a, like a story conceit for why you need to do something like oh you need to find this number of things in order to i don't know unlock this door so the guy can give you a key but a lot of times in this game the game sort of like stops and either a character in diegetic dialogue or like just the omnipotent narrator of the game will tell you like these are the video game mechanics that are going on right now 
this is like the button you need to press to do this. It, like if it like stops a game to a halt, if this game ever really built immersion, it would immediately have been ended so many times just yeah. by bad dialogue. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, games like Zelda will, you know, the Zelda series will, will allow you to explore the space, you explore your environment and you'll find locations that, Oh, I can't, I can't progress here. Like I can't mm-hmm. move something forward because of X, Y, Z reasons. Hey, I want to come back to this later. And this game forces that on you numerous times. Like here's a really good example that just, it just bothers me so much. It's like, it's a core conceit of a adventure game that it just completely doesn't, doesn't go for. So, um, early on in the game, um, they try to do the thing where when you enter the Hylian field, like in uh, Ocarina, I'm, I'm going to continue to use that as like an example to compare this against because it's it's so so clearly trying to ape on that. But anyways, so in the game, it gives you a lot of, like, it tries to tell you you can go, you could go anywhere, explore the space, you know? So I went and explored towards um, what they called, like, the moon area i don't know why it was the oh yeah area. like moon pass or yeah, whatever I, I don't know why but like i had the the abilities to to get through to this right so i went through i like i kind of i saw even a cutscene where the enemies don't were, you have to do like the barrel thing yeah yeah where they're chucking yeah. chucking barrels down at you and it's like oh cool i found this like weird side path maybe i'll get to do something different or i'll get to like do a side quest or get you know whatever no it just doesn't allow you to go forward and it's like well why the fuck are you even allowing me to go here if i can't progress forward and it's not Mm -hmm. like it's not like that barrier is thrown up early on like i spent a good 10 15 minutes kind of working through two different puzzles and like progressing through the game just to be told nope you cannot do that and it's like but why it's still so early in the game it's totally reasonable to make things very linear, but you're opening the game up and allowing me to go to other places simply just to put a barrier in front of me. It's just like, well, why are you pathing me this way? You know, like why do they open up this warp stone maze? Like at the very early onset of the game, they give you this warp stone maze area that you can go to that has really no purpose at all. No. And it, and it doesn't, they don't tell you why you should go there. They just give you this option. It's like, hey, do you want right. to go here? It's like, I guess so. And then you go in there, and there's literally nothing. There's like, there's a maze, and I guess you could walk through it, but it does. You don't get anything for it. It's not like they hide any good items down there. There's like no no purpose to it. So it's like, why the fuck is it even here? Why are you giving me the path to go there if it won't further? my character's strength or story or anything like what's the point Um, yeah this game is very linear um for it being like a quote-unquote open world game trying to kind of like uh ape zelda in that kind of feeling and that kind of exploration it's very very linear yeah and like here's another example of like really terrible pathing um early on in the game you uh you kind of go through a couple of different things. Uh, you're told, uh, you're told that you can go, you have to like go to this well or something. 
and uh, to to keep the story moving forward. So you do that. You oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. This part sucks so hard. You go into this well where there's all these like mushrooms that are shooting at powder that are going to hit you regardless of what you do, which again kind of leads to this thing of like, hey, this game, you're going to get hit. Like there's no way to avoid getting hit in a lot of ways, but it makes you go down to this well that has a couple of, I don't want to say annoying puzzles, but like just puzzles puzzle for the sake of puzzles whatever you go through all this stuff just to get to the end of it for an npc to say hey you need to buy this lantern it's like well that lantern's all the way back i just have to backtrack and go back to the store to buy this lantern why the hell didn't you tell me to buy that before i went and did all this shit like right that's a really easy thing that they could have said hey you probably should have this thing if you're going down into this well but no, they don't do that. They don't give you any indication to say this is kind of the next thing on your path. So it's like you're padding the gameplay here. You're padding out your playtime just because of poor pathing. And it's just very frustrating. And it's lazy. It's lazy design. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's really lazy design. Well, yeah, there's a lot of like weird padding like that and a lot of odd pathing. So one of the things about this game is you can kind of like walk anywhere. Um, but whenever you're going from like one area to another, there's always like a weird kind of um, half puzzle sort of difficult to traverse path. Um, like when you go to the snow area, you have to go like swim through this canal waterway, but you have to do a like a very small, easily puzzle, but you have to repeat it every time you go through of like switching the direction of the water flow so you can swim. Um when you go to Cape Claw, like this whole like beach sea area, you have to go down a well and up this ladder. The ladder climbing in this is so slow. <laughs> Did oh you notice that? Oh, it's so fucking slow. And it's it's funny. We were we were just talking about Final Fantasy VII, and it's like that game's like ladder climbing is like it's a good pace, and it also has a mm-hmm. really good like slide down the ladder like animation yeah. and it goes like really fast this game is like the exact opposite of that it's like hey you can slide down this ladder but it's not even that much faster than going down normally and it looks really yeah aw- it looks really awkward for fox too let's be let's be honest um, it looks pretty awkward it looks pretty but awkward. um yeah like so all those like really weird like unnecessarily long uh paths in order to traverse to a new area that just seem to be there to kind of like pad had the runtime of this game so um i have a i have a bit of a theory about why those little like diversions were incorporated from from area to area Hmm. and in order to do so i need you all to go on a journey with me about how this game came to exist in its current form i'm ready i'm ready to go on this journey with jake let's do it okay so rare Rare, rareware, whatever you call it, rare. the the darling partner developer of Nintendo churned out a lot of probably your favorite games for the Nintendo 64. So uh, right after Diddy Kong Racing was released, um, they started development on a game called Dinosaur Planet. Um, so this was about December 1997, as far as I could tell. And... It was going to be an open-world action game where you play as Crystal, who you uh, meet in this game, and Saber, who's like a big anthropomorphic wolf. Um, so they started development in this game, and 
a little about a year later they changed things a lot and you're gonna love this because ocarina of time came out and they saw like what an open world game could be plus the introduction of the expansion pack for the n64 um opened up what they could do with it Mm -hmm. so this was going to be a 64 megabyte cartridge which would have tied it for the largest game on the n64 um and they finally had like a playable demo at E3 2000. Now I'm going to paraphrase and also take some liberties with the story here because I think it's funny. So apparently like at E3 2000, Shigeru Miyamoto saw this game and was like, huh, that Saber dude kind of looks like Fox McCloud. And then from there, Nintendo convinced them to make it into a Star Fox game. <laughs> huh. Okay. And uh, it sounds like the people from Rare were kind of like, I mean, uh, yeah, sure, we'll do that. Like, it sucks that we have to change this game so much this late into development. But, like, it's also kind of neat that we get to make a first-party Nintendo IP. Yeah. Um. So it changed into a Star Fox game, and then it was going to be released on the GameCube. So they pivot. They start development. It's going slow and steady. Um, and one of the things where I think, going back to how what started this whole tangent of why there are these long, difficult to tra- traverse paths between large areas, is one of the big ambitions they had for Dinosaur Planet was to make it a seamless, no loading, giant open world, which on the cartridge is easier to do with data retrieval. But when right. this moved to a disc, that became a lot harder. Ah. So I think those paths are just hiding load screens pretty much um in the same way that like when you're playing a modern game and your character has to like sidle between two like narrow paths that's just like a clever way of hiding that the game is actually loading the next area right exactly when you're trying to like when you're playing final fantasy 7 and yeah like (laughs) squeeze through an alleyway or like you see this in tomb raider and uncharted it's 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 a very common trope in modern games it's that's that's Mm -hmm. that's how you hide loads as they say so, but then, like, you can, we can, I think we can both tell this game seems very unpolished and unfinished. Yes, very much um, so. Even though it started development late 2000, uh, or not 2000, sorry, 1997, and eventually came out in 2002. Um, they wanted to work on it longer, but the reason it had to come out was because Microsoft bought Rare. And that sale oh. became official September 24th. 2002 the day before this game was released (laughs) so essentially they had to rush it to market before the microsoft sale became official so they'd be able to like release a nintendo game yeah so this game had a very long development period um but because of like the ambitions of rare kind of near the beginning which i think were like fine like the at 64 was expanding with the expansion or um yeah with the new cartridge and like they wanted to kind of mimic Legend of Zelda. I mean, that's a good game to try to mimic. Um, but then, like, three years into development, they had to change it into a Star Fox game and, like, justify that inclusion. They had then to then redevelop it for a new console. And then they had to rush it out probably, I would say, like, a year before they should have um, yeah. in order to release it on a Nintendo console. <laughs> that That makes a lot of sense. Um, because there's a lot of mechanics in this game that are that are feel like they're under underutilized, underdeveloped, and mm-hmm. really annoying. So like it makes sense that this is like was hurried out, but like core conceit of this game, like the core like gameplay loops, like are all feel very lazy and like they don't they don't feel very good. Like 
throughout the game, one of the, kind of the only things that is consistent with like a lot of the puzzles and like traversal is you need to shoot switches with your staff. Like you got to shoot this little fire bolt to hit things uh, like either on a tree or above a door or something like, like that happens throughout the entire game. Like, and it is so hard to do. And it's and it's the first power you get. You are yeah. using the first power you get in this game from, you know, hour one to whenever the hell you finish this game. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that to me is like, well, that's just lazy design. You know, even if it was rushed out, it feels like, you know, even if you give them another year, like how like how is this going to turn into a Zelda game? You know, how is that how is that going to happen? Like, I, I didn't see that path for this game like so much of it is really half-baked what the other really frustrating mechanic in this game that just feels so underutilized or 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 not thought out is um tricky the dinosaur so tricky so part of this game is you play as fox cloud you have the staff but you have this um this little dinosaur friend tricky that is like basically just a another partner that you have with you that houses more mechanics you could use so it'd be like Mm -hmm. if link had a companion with him that only had the boomerang and like fire arrows or something like that right that's a very good way of thinking of tricky yeah but part of that is he's you have to kind of escort him and that's not like the worst part right like he doesn't like take damage Sometimes he gets hung up on stuff. You got to call him over. But one of the really frustrating things is he has to have blue mushrooms to do <laughs> to do anything. So, like, he could do things like blow fire or, like, sit down on a switch for you when you're moving forward. Or, like, if you need something to stay on a switch, you can have him sit there while you move and you progress through the level. And it's like, what's the point? I never understood what the point of having a resource limit on tricky was because it's like they put these blue mushrooms everywhere i they're everywhere i I never ever worried about having enough mushrooms no like i always had 10 plus on me so it's like what's the fucking point like and there were there was actually a couple of times where like you know some of the puzzles quote unquote they put in this game is just hey you know that thing that you've done a hundred times before now do it faster because we're mm-hmm. going to have this like time limit on you. So like you'll hit a switch, you'll start to hear like kind of the music play in the background. So okay, when this music gets really fast, we know we're at the, you know, close to the end. We got to do this really quick, right? There's a couple of times that I'm not paying attention to the the mushroom gauge for tricky and it's like, "Oh, I failed this puzzle, this easy puzzle that is hard to do because they're limiting it on time and the controls are frustrating." But it's like, "Oh, I failed it because tricky didn't have his mushrooms so it's like why what does that add you could eliminate that whole thing from the game and no there'd be no change it would just be a less frustrating experience so it's like well like i i get why tricky's there conceptually from like a story standard like he's a native to this planet that fox has never been to so that can work as a basically go if this game were written better, it would work in a way where Fox would like be like, what's this all about? Then Tricky would be like, this is what this is all about. Yeah, yeah, he'd be and, or not like, be. Right, and Tricky has, like, personality to him. He's kind of like early 2000s, like, 
Bart Simpson kind of like sassy. Um, it doesn't work very well because again, this game is very poorly written. Um, so like conceptually, I get it. I kind of like Tricky. I never had any problems with him. Um, one of the things I really liked, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but so like Tricky, he can like, he basically has like a gauge, I think like five mushrooms and each yeah. of his skills uses one up and then you have to feed him from your inventory. And when he's at zero mushrooms, he's like super thin and anemic. And then you feed him and it's like his belly gets bigger. I never <laughs> noticed that at all. I never <laughs> noticed that at all. Like I don't hate Tricky. I don't hate Tricky at like as a companion because you, you're right. Mm-hmm. That could be an interesting thing to ground fox in this completely alien world right but it's specifically that mushroom shit that i don't like it's like this game has so many different inventory things that you need to manage all the time there's tricky's mushrooms there's the um uh like the lightning bugs like the illumination inventory there's bomb plants there's vine plants there's your your money there's like all these different types of inventory that always need to be managed and it's like usually pretty easy to have some in your inventory but then occasionally just like out of nowhere a puzzle would require say like a bomb plant and you don't have any and you can't even begin to remember the last place that you could get them yeah like dumb stuff like that happens a lot yeah this game feels very unbalanced yeah, it, it really it really is. What before we we get away from Tricky, I just want to bring up. <laughs> I want to bring up. You this, still have a bone to pick with him. <laughs> I I really do. Like I don't like Tricky as a character. Like he's he's very poorly written. He's got a very annoying voice to me. Um, I I can see what you're saying. He's got that Bart Simpson like quality to him except for he's super fucking racist there's a part yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a part in this game where you are um you save uh what they call like cloud runners which are basically like pterodactyls right so you save uh-huh. this you save this pterodactyl and tricky instantly is like you're helping a cloud runner Ooh, they're gross no no explanation as to why these two don't like each other why these two races don't like each other because he's, it's Cloud runners and land walkers, okay? Their names are opposites, Tony. <laughs> so yeah, so he can be totally racist. And then and then <laughs> Fox is just like, okay, I'm cool with you just hating this other thing for no reason whatsoever. And then literally, Tricky does not come with you on the mission to like save the Cloud Runner Queen or whatever. Like mm-hmm. his racism stops him from being a contributing <laughs> member of the Star Fox team. It's it's uh, it's out of control, and it's not even internally consistent with the rest of the video game. Because later you go to Dragon Rock, and you're supposed to save a Thorn Tails, like the Thorn Tails friend, which includes a Cloud Runner. So it's mm-hmm. like you're you're not even you're not even being consistent with your different characters and like the races of this planet. It's like. Uh, I fucking hate it. I hate that. Because, like, if they're going to build in some sort of, like, racist, dinosaur-hating uh, a plot to it, like, at least be consistent. And it's not. So it just makes me furious that that's part of the game, that Tricky just hates the Cloud Runners for reasons. It Oh, God, it's just, it's really shitty. Like, 
I'm not trying to be like a social justice warrior or something like that, but it's like, hey, Tricky's racist as fuck, and, and <laughs> for no like gameplay reason, <laughs> for no reason whatsoever, for no reason. Because the team can be bothered to make Tricky involved puzzles for the third, the third dungeon or the second dungeon. Yeah, I, I, ah, I, fuck I, it, I don't know. Yeah, who okay, so, so on the on the same vein of um poorly developed and included characters, do you want to talk about Crystal or General Scales first? <laughs> um, let's talk about General Scales first because this will be really fast. General Scales. <laughs> they so they barely set him up as a bad guy. Barely, because like, <laughs> because like they show him early on, it's like, oh, here's the big bad. He's gonna do something he's got like a hook hand his name is general scales (laughs) it and like you know what the game doesn't look bad i actually don't think the graphics in this game look bad like yeah looks like a cool enemy like oh like i wanted to bring that up this game uh so 2002 um so morrowind came out the same year morrowind looks like absolute shit and this game looks actually pretty good pretty good like and and you know what it kind of holds up i think general scales looks good i think a lot of the Mm -hmm. enemies look good some like the the screen transitions like when you're like um, when you're going on the your trippy acid uh, warping through the yeah. areas, like like that all that all that stuff looks good. So, but but anyways, I digress. They set up General Scales to be the big bad, but he never really enters the story ever. Like going from point A to point B is always just some random NPC or voice telling you, "Hey, go here, go here." It's never like, "Oh, the threat of General Scales is is, mm-hmm. is taking on this part." It's it, Whatever. You get to the end of the game and you don't Spoilers. You don't even fight him. They set it up like you're gonna fight him because he yep. starts walking towards you. He has a, a health bar above his head, but it just doesn't happen. It just, it just doesn't happen. He just dies for reasons. Like he just and that's it. And that's There's it. like and a cutscene that pops up and you find out the true bad guy all along was Andros. <laughs> It's, oh my god! Like, there's a lot more we have to talk about <laughs> leading up to the Andros reveal and the ultimate end of this game. But that was that was a part of this game. I was like, not nah, fucked. Like, no, I said fuck this way earlier. But it's like, it made me just put the controller down and say, what are we even doing here? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, what are we even doing here? Because why is Andros the boss? Like, j- just because it's a Star Fox game, and then mm-hmm. literally. The fight with Andros is like the exact same as like Star Fox sixty four. Exactly, the, yeah. It's the same fucking thing. So what are we even doing here? What are we doing? Like, oh my god, so frustrating, so frustrating. And the um, other like shallow character with absolutely nothing that happens is Crystal. Um, so you spend the first like I don't know like thirty forty five minutes of the game playing as her. Um, it's her staff that you end up using that is taken away from her literally in the opening cutscene. Yep. Um, for reasons. So she was, for yeah, for reasons. Um, yeah, like in the original development of Dinosaur Planet, she was going to be one of two main playable characters. And she was going to have the staff and everything. But in this game, she is encompassed in a uh, crystal, you know, Zelda in Ocarina of Time style. And is then like a MacGuffin that fox is kind of like chasing down later in the game because i guess she's a hot fox that fox wants to get with that like it's like concerning how they characterize like it's another oh like, again, yeah i like i'm not trying to be some social justice warrior here but like the the way they characterize her 
is just it's so creepy you know yeah she wears like no clothing at all they're they're just trying to make her like a sexy anthropomorphic figure and it's like Mm -hmm. you know that crystal was the video game character that launched millions of furries right like oh absolutely easily i really uh i want to take um I'm going to take a second here to read a quote. Take a second. Yes, please. I need to read a quote from Nintendo World Report. I found this uh, early on in my research. You shared this with me. It is hilarious. I need need to read this. Um, So, quote, this is from the interviewer. I'd like to thank Rare for giving Crystal even less clothes than the entire cast of Dead or Alive 3 put together. So, will you uh, be able to... Er, get a camera stuck in the wall when you run Crystal into the wall, like in Jet Force Gemini. Uh, I was only asking because uh, because it was really uh, an annoying bug in Jet Force Gemini, and I uh, was hoping it would be fixed or something in Star Fox Adventure. Honest, really, I'm serious or not? Designer, the camera system is so good that nothing will ever get will. So nothing will ever go wrong. Honest. Notice how how we politely ignored your subtle crystal upskirt query. At least Vela <laughs> was a human character. You perv. That was from a quote unquote legitimate journalist asking a designer about Star Fox Adventure. Um, mm-hmm. Unfucking believable. And then and then they lean in and into it even more because every time Fox sees Crystal, they play this fucking god-awful jazzy, like... Like Ooh. sexy saxophone music. It's so creepy. Oh my god, is it creepy. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, she only shows up to be ogled by Fox. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason that she is there. She plays no other role in the game. You save her at the very end. She fires off a couple shots with her with her staff, and then she's gone again until the very last scene of the game, where she flies onto Fox's ship, walks up to him with the camera again panned behind her to show her little furry ass bouncing Fox back and forth. Ass, yeah. And then, like, kisses him, and Fox, like, you might as well have steam coming out of his ears or nose bleeding or, like, whatever fucking <laughs> stupid cartoony trope. You know, it, it's it's fucking creepy. It's really creepy, and it's like, I understand um, this kind of stuff happened in this, you know, era of video games or just, like, media in general. But, man, if they're going to make, like, a sexy femme fatale-like character, at least, like do more with it. They do nothing. Yeah. They do nothing with it. And it's like Crystal is brought into like later Star Fox games. Like she's like brought in as like a part of like the mm-hmm. Star Fox cast and I don't know why because there's no- she does nothing in this game. You know, it's almost like they created this character that the furries love. So now she has to be in these games, you know? Like I hear people like saying Crystal for Smash and it's like why is it just because you're fucking creepy and you and you need to have this just awful character be a part oh god it's it's so frustrating it's so frustrating and creepy it creep it's so creepy Mm -hmm. oh my god uh speaking of other characters though so they try to bring in the rest of the star fox crew into this game in some way so Mm -hmm. your boy slippy's there peppy's there rob the robots there um, but they're just like so. They're just menus, right? Like they're right. just 
meant like slippy is like will give you advice throughout the game which is like hey if you get stuck talk to slippy he'll at least give you a clue peppy is just hey look at the world map and then rob is options cool Mm -hmm. i can trust my audio settings with rob the robot great general pepper shows your inventory (laughs) yeah and it's and there's like no reason for that and like speaking of poor characterizations fox is terrible in this game you know, like, yes. he looks good. He looks like he's a cool-looking character, and, like, other than the fact he's a total fucking mouth-breather, like, look at the start... <laughs> look, at the, look at the start screen of this game. He's a mouth-breather, and I, <laughs> yeah, I, know and I hate it. And I hate it. Um, <sighs> but, like, he comes off as a total jerk the entire game. Like, mm-hmm. like, he can't be bothered with the mission here. You know, like, very early on, like, the way that they kind of put fox on this mission is general pepper calls him up gives him this mission and he starts talking about like you better pay me you know like like he's a mercenary and that i've never gotten that characterization from fox he always seemed like he's a soldier you know like he is a fighter pilot with good intentions like money is never him as like a han solo like mercenary that never like entered my mind as like something that fox would be about but that's exactly how they try to characterize him here and it's i mean i i get that i get that characterization from star fox 64 um because i mean like at the end of the very end of the game when he's being honored in this star wars type ceremony and general pepper's like hey can you join the military star fox is like no no way buddy um and then at the very end of the game like depending on your enemy count uh, is how much you, like, get paid at the end of it. And if you, like, get a really high kill count, General Pepper is just like, whoa, that's a steep bill. Huh. So, I mean, it's, like, it's in the wings, obviously, but, like, he keeps that sort of, like, I need to get paid for this persona throughout the entire game. The only, like, crack in that veneer is when he wants to fuck crystal for lack of a better term other than that he is like solely motivated by getting paid <laughs> yeah yeah and maybe like uh i i never knew that about the end of uh star fox like i i guess i never um star fox 64 rather like i, I guess i never paid attention enough to to know that that's there so like at least that's they were kind of paying attention but one thing they weren't paying attention to was just the complete abscess in falco throughout the entire game <laughs> until until the like the last <laughs> second of this game where she's like hey i'm here god mm-hmm. it's yeah. so, it's like falco flies in and helps you with in the battle against andros but you don't even know it's him until the final cutscene of the game and then Falco kind of just walks in and says, "Hey, can I like join the Star Fox team again?" Homie, you were gone? I didn't even fucking know. <laughs> like I didn't even know. It's it's just like so dumb. It's so dumb. like uh, Falco's like one of the cooler characters of the Star Fox crew. Mm-hmm. And he is not even mentioned in this video game until the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like clear as day that they were just slapping the Star Fox onto this game, and they're like, "Oh shit, what do we do?" There's another character here that we haven't thought out at all. Well, I guess we could just throw him in here. You know, like it just seems like so fucking lazy. It's just so lazy. Um, oh god, 
There's so many lazy things. We could, uh, like, I think we could go on for a long time. (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so many of the things, so many of the things here are just not characterized right. Like, the whole Lightfoot Village part of this game doesn't make any sense. Like, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. there's these, like, antagonistic dinosaurs, again, for reasons. Oh, and there might be a spirit here that you're supposed to save, but there's really no clue or reason as to why it's there. It's just like, ah, you gotta do it. Oh, these guys are attacking you for reasons and have a really terrible minigame associated with it. It's just like, there's so much like stuff jammed into this game that is like searching for a reason, searching for a reason to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And that's why I think a lot of the game, like dialogue and justification for you doing things is is very shallow yeah. um it just it just outright tells you hey the next part of the video game is over here so go do it instead of like hey like this person needs your help or like give you some narrative justification for why you need to go somewhere like when that does exist it is entirely flimsy but a lot of the times the game just tells you listen the, the next part of the game is over here so just go there okay yeah yeah, and it's, and the game is clear again, clearly trying to be a Zelda game, but they only have like three bosses in this game. You know, like not every dungeon that you're going into has a boss. Yeah, and, and like the ones that are in this game, they never use the mechanic that is like the through line for that dungeon. You're like, in a Zelda game, you let's say you're given the bow you know, midway through the dungeon, that's what you use for all of the puzzles. It's teaching you how to use that item and like what kind of puzzles you can uh, use this item to solve. And then nine times out of 10, you're going to be using that item against this boss. The boss is like the final exam for that dungeon item. Right, exactly. This game does not do that at all. Doesn't do Mm -hmm. it at all. Nope, nope. This game has three terrible boss fights. Yep. Like, and, you know, like, uh, was it Dragor? The, the dragon boss, like the, the on-rail shooting one. Like, yeah, I think that boss actually looks really cool, but it's right. But it's like, it's too bad that it's like really boring and easy on-rail shooting segment. You know, like it's just an on-rail shooting segment and it's just lackluster. And then, it's like five to six minutes of constant mashing the a button because of how difficult aiming is my i got so fucking tired halfway through this boss i just had to pause the game and set it down for a second yeah exactly kills forearms bro yeah oh yeah um speaking of like the unreal shooting what so because this is a star fox game they had had to put the r in the loosest sense (laughs) right they had to put the r wings in there so in between sections or like dungeons, I guess you have these Star Fox like um, stages, which it's it's maybe the highlight of the game, which is like saying a lot because they're not very fun, but like no. they're they're functional, like it works, like they do feel like this is a very short and simple Star Fox level, and I think it mm-hmm. achieves it achieves what it's going for in that sense, but like they're just meaninglessly thrown in there, you know? Right, like there's a- no, there's no, like, depth to the levels. They're all very similar. They're all very shallow. I don't, I don't get 
why Nintendo hasn't just made another Star Fox 64 type Star Fox. I don't get why any studio hasn't made another Star Fox 64 style Star Fox shooter or game like that. It is such a beloved game by me and I dare say a lot of the general public who like played on the N64 growing up. Star Fox 64 was a ubiquitous classic for that console. It was phenomenal and they have never made that game again and i have no clue why well i mean they've tried i mean they they put out a star- like star assault and zero <laughs> right i mean they're not good they've, they've tried to do it. They've, <laughs> they've tried to recapture the magic and they're not good i mean like star fox assault wasn't the worst game ever but like it, it was it, fine it was it, exactly it was fine that's all it was it was fine and then I never played Zero, but like I heard it was not good. Like unplayable uh, because of the controls, as far as I've I've heard. I've yeah, dabbled with it for like five minutes with a friend. It is so hard. It's it's so crazy because you know Star Fox, that whole you know series is very beloved, and it's like you know they're staples in the Smash Brothers series. You know, they're it's in the pantheon of Nintendo IP. But there's really only one good game yeah, in the whole series. Yeah, one good game in, like, what, 97? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's I mean, it. like, you. I guess you could say the original Star Fox, you could say that's a good game because it pushed graphics for the time. And if you go back and play it, like, it's okay. But the frame rate's awful. Mm-hmm. And it's just everything about that game is made better in 64. So it's like you, you just forget that it started on the uh, Super Nintendo um but yeah it's this game is just it's a it's a trash fire it's a dumpster fire of a game it's an absolute dumpster fire of a game like i got i got three uh lightning around bullet point uh, things so they are the uh Bafamidas, which are basically this game's version of uh fairies so when you die they give you a full revive you can have one in your inventory but very early in the game you can hold up to 10 and they're everywhere so there's never any tension whatsoever that you're going to die during this game two nine out of ten times the puzzle is make carry an explosive barrel from one area to another and i think the explosive barrels are the hardest enemy in this entire game because of how (laughs) difficult those puzzles are (laughs) Three, in all the on-rail shooting and with the uh, like fire blast upgrade, there is tremendous snapback to the center of the frame, and it makes it so fucking hard to aim at anything. So whenever you need to aim at something, it really just benefits you to let's mash the controller as fast as possible, and it sucks so hard. Okay, I just I had to, I had to get those out of my system. Yeah, it's. I, I need to get one more thing out that I hated. About go this go, game. go nuts. <laughs> the ma- so there's a store in this game and it like forces you basically to buy all like the key items in the store. Again, this mm-hmm. game gates progress by money, by store items. But they also give you this like optional area to buy maps, right? You can buy maps of not just the area you're in, but all the different areas in the game, right? These maps are utterly useless. I yep. went through and I bought them all at all at one point. He's like, "Hey, maybe this will help me, you know, find secret collect collectibles or make me like progress through the game faster." Nope, they're just a static image of like top down what the map looks like with zero points of interest on it. It like I couldn't find any time where using that map was going to be useful. 
Never. There was never a time when that map was was useful, more useful than just the, the cognitive map that you put together while playing through the game itself. You know, like there's, mm-hmm. it's never a good reference point. So again, why are they in there? Speaking of why is it in there? Cheat tokens. What's the yep. fucking point? There's literally no point to them. Like there's multiple parts. You'll find these wells. It says, give me 20 scarabs. I'll give you a cheat token. Cool. I'll go do that. You get the cheat token. It says, hey, go in the maze. Give us, the, give me the cheat token. You'll get something nice. Literally nothing comes from it. You'll get little point, points of dialogue that like they try to give you a joke, I guess. But that's it. <laughs> Why the fuck is it called a cheat token if it doesn't even unlock a cheat? You know, like, why doesn't it, like... Where's my big head mode? Where's my big head mode? God mode. Uh, Make uh, tricky Uh, (laughs) non-racist. Put pants on crystal. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like, what? Ah. God, this game is so fucking bad. There's a dinosaur language that's in this game for like an hour, but all the proper nouns are the same, which leads to my favorite moment in the entire game where General Scales is monologuing in like bizarro language, but then at the very end of it just goes, General Scales. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> I, I had re- I had wrote this note down, but then I deleted it later. But like you bring up a good point, so they they go to the um, they go to the extent to create a fake language to kind of showcase that hey, Fox can't understand what these guys are saying until Slippy creates you know the the babblefish or whatever that allows him to just understand all language, right? So they. So they create a language specifically for the dinosaurs, but they can't come up with a different name than Dinosaur Planet. Like, <laughs> f- like they couldn't even, like, call it Jurassic World or, like, it was something, something different. It's just like, ah, uh, what? Like, oh, my God. It's so fucking frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say if... One positive. I'll give this game one. There's only two positives from this game. I think it looks okay graphic wise, and I actually think the like speeder bike, air bike races, and like those two sections of the game, those are alright. I'm okay with them. I was you're okay ex- with that. I wasn't expecting it at all. I kind of both of those sequences come out of nowhere, and I was like, you know what? This is fine. This is fine. You know, specifically the second one where you're kind of. Uh, task with like taking down these two other dinosaurs on air bikes and you kind of got to keep doing these loops until you road rash kill them um, but yeah <laughs> that's it those are the only good things like there's we could go over all the different mini games in this game and talk about you know how frustrating and bad they are they're they're all shit except for the air bike races which yeah it's all either can... mash a or keep or like timing puzzles yeah that's it and it's and they're and they're just all bad it, mm-hmm. And you can make an argument that air bike races aren't good either. I, I just... I would I make str- that argument. <laughs> yeah, I, I struggle to find good things with it, and that was one of the only things that I said, like, you know what, this ain't... I'm semi-enjoying this. Um, Jake, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, mm-hmm. this, is the, this is the worst game that we've played. This is Wow. The, this is the worst game that we've played for the podcast. I, I wow. Said, that I, is... I was so frustrated playing this entire game. I was so frustrated playing this game. Um, you know, I mean, we played that terrible, uh, what was that, uh, Galaga game? Galaga um, Destination Earth? <laughs> yeah, like, that game was really bad, but, like, there was no chance of that game being good. You know, like, it just, it was really 
bad, but like I, you kind of saw it coming. This game was like, I feel like there could be some redeemable aspects of it, like kind of going into it. I was like, there, there's no way that Rare could make a game that was like as bad as that Galaga shit game. This, this is definitely, I had the worst time playing this game um, of any game we've played on the podcast. Hey, I don't like this game at all. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> like, so bad. So bad. Okay, what, wow. What, that is what, a condemnation. <laughs> so fucking bad. What about you, Jay? I, I'm guessing it's a hey, I don't like that game, but... Okay, you know. listen, listen, everybody. I like dinosaur shit. I am just going to say that. I love dinosaurs. Jurassic Park's one of my favorite movies. I'll even tolerate the shitty Jurassic World movies. I, when you add techno, like, sci-fi technology to dinosaurs, even better. I will defend the Turok games to this day, because I love that, like, aesthetic so much. Right. Um, This game's not good. This game is not good at all. There's so much, like... It seems like there was so much world building in the brain of the person who made it. It's like if you if you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons and you have a DM who's like trying to tell you like this whole like grand world they built in like a very like frustrated kind of like fever state like way where like obviously they have a good picture of it but like none of it's being communicated to you. That's what this game feels like. There's so much like stuff that's going on. But it's always going on like, oh, right over there, just just off frame. Like, oh, you just you just missed it, Fox. Like, there's oh, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. But like, oh, geez, yeah, what a it would have been so cool if you were here to see it. But oh, god, you just you just missed the subjugation of my race, like all that <laughs> stuff. Um, I wish this game got a sequel, where they were able to like give it time and like maybe make a real combat system, maybe make real puzzles. Maybe make some stakes. Um, have an actual antagonist. Put a shirt on Crystal. <laughs> Put a shirt on Crystal. Have a female <laughs> character that is says more than three words. Something like that. That'd be sweet. Um, but the game we got, Star Fox Adventures, is a big old shitty game. So, hey, I do not like this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Real bad. Real bad. Uh, worst game we ever played. Worst game we've played for this podcast. I don't think it's the worst game we've ever played. I wouldn't go that far, but... <laughs> I get this, this, your I get you saying that. It's this game's real fucking bad. Real bad. I'm really glad. Well, at least we know what the bottom is now, right? Like we know we know This is the your bo- Final Fantasy 14. Yes, yes. This is this is the this is the bottom of my scale. I challenge you to make me play a game worse than this. I oh, oh, let's we're going to get there. Don't you worry. I'm sure we'll get there at some point. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um you know, do you want to know what we're playing next? I would love to know what we're playing next. So we've had kind of a string of games that um, some that most of like this is, I think, three. Hey, I don't like that games in a row. And I definitely don't want to do that again. So I I picked one from my back catalog that I'm fairly certain I'm going to like fairly certain Um action adventure game so we're staying in the same kind of genre that we have mm-hmm. the past couple of games here uh for the next episode of hey i like that game we are going to be playing the ps1 2d action adventure platformer tomba tomba 
don't. Have you ever I heard of this? I have never heard of this game. When you Google it, make sure you put a exclamation point at the end because that is part of the title. This is um, a fantastic, mostly 2D. Sometimes it goes into 3D, but only like jumping into the background kind of thing. Um, this is an excellent game from what I remember. Uh, I can't wait to play this game again. Jesus, it's... it looks like Goemon's Great Adventure fucked a stall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like This is my type of game. Um I can't wait to play this game. So Tamba will be the next game Tamba. for Hale. For Hale, I like that game. Yes. All right. Yes, dude. I'm excited. Yeah, we have had a we have had a string of uh, kind of sloppy games. So I'm interested to see what what um good game means at this point <laughs> right yeah like i have this like I, I have this nightmare in my head it's like maybe this game is shit like maybe my memory of this game is not 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 thinking clearly right but i don't know i looked up some reviews it's like oh yeah it actually got like decent reviews you know we're, we're talking like b pluses some a's you know like not like pretty good reviews for this game um and from what i remember recall of it you know i really enjoyed it so um Next episode, Tomba. Uh, Jake, where can the uh, where can the viewers get at us? Well, you can find us at Facebook if you search for "Hey, I Like That Game" podcast. You can email us uh, any fan mail or game requests you have to "Hey, I Like That Game" at gmail.com. Uh, I've been handed off the reins of the Twitter to Tony because he's a much better Twitterer than I am. So you can tweet at him or maybe me sometimes at Like That Game. And you can find our Twitch page at twitch.tv slash game. Yes, yes. So um, our normal schedule for streaming is going to be Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays with some bonus streams, you know, sprinkled in here or there uh, whenever I kind of feel like it, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, like, like we said at the top of the show, uh, we're trying to get – uh, a decent audience together at least 100 followers or so before we do a 24-hour uh stream marathon where all the proceeds will go to charity um i'm really really excited for what that could turn into i've already spent a lot of time building out our you know uh production schedule for what that would look like start talking to some sponsors and like we could make some really really fun stuff with this so you know if everybody who's listening to this podcast went to Twitch and followed us, we would make it there, you know, in a heartbeat. So, uh, you know, help us, help us raise some money for a good charity. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to being able to do that. Yeah. It should be really fun and we'll have some really (laughs) stupid and, uh, fun, uh, incentive goals too. I'm already like, I guess I'll give you a tease of one of the incentives we're thinking about. Like if we hit, you know, $5,000 donated or something like that, Jake and I will both dye our hair weird fucking colors or something on stream or hell. Yeah. I, 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 I'm thinking my hair would look like a really cool shade of green. I think that'd be like really dope. So I was thinking more of a blue for you, like a nice, like soft blue. A soft blue. Yes, okay. yes, yes. I feel, like, I feel like if I did that, I'd be just like aping off of Ninja at this point. So like, I gotta, I gotta go different. I gotta go different direction, man. Gotta. Hey, he's on Mixer now, so he's not even competition. That's true. You know what? Fuck it. I'll go blue. <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we love you all. 
and as always, live life passionately. Love each other unconditionally. And play video games. See you, everybody. Bye. Hey there, folks. Tony here. Thanks for listening to the podcast this week. If you like the show, consider dropping us a rating and review on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. You know, every little bit helps. Uh, we are also streaming regularly on Twitch now. Uh, come hang out and join in on the Nonsense Live Monday, Tuesday, and Thursdays every week with a bonus uh, stream tossed in there for good measure every once in a while. Make sure to hit that follow button on the Twitch channel to join the Coops Club. Love you all. Bye.